Welcome back to the West Michigan Soccer Show, where we discuss all things soccer in the Grand Rapids community and the world beyond. I'm your host, John Kopko, and I'm joined today by Cam Baker, who is a staff coach here at Midwest United in our MLS Next program. Cam, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, John. So could you just give like a little bit of background about your coaching experience and how you ended up leading you to Midwest United? Sure. I started coaching when I was 18 or 19. I, in the high school realm, I actually coached my sister and some of the girls' high school teams in uh, Bay City, Michigan. That got me into a club at the time called Waza, Tri-Cities. Oh yeah, I know Waza. Yeah, and it was a very small club at the time, maybe 10 teams uh at and i was there for maybe a year and a half before the big merge happened with gators or nova whatever that was so there was a nova that a gators nova location in auburn a waza location saginaw that merged together into nationals tri-county and i was there for seven years uh, in so many different roles. I mean, from recreational up until up to that NLC girls academy teams that we had up in there. Great experience. But my last couple years I spent with Louis Barrow at SVSU on the men's staff and uh, Andy Wagstaff with the Flint City Bucks in USL2. And I'd say probably that's what really pushed my quality of coaching and you know being in those high-end environments with those high-end coaches and obviously both of them are really well connected with Luke Ruff here at Midwest and so you know through osmosis I suppose being around Louie and being around Andy I ended up back with Luke because Luke was at Nationals Tri-Cities as Tri-County as well Uh, so I ended up back with him at MLS Next he offered me a position last summer and you know, MLS next, you're not, you jump at it. So this is your, this is your second year in the MLS next program for Midwest? Correct. Second season. And for those who don't know what MLS next is, um, this is why we've got came on to kind of chat about the league and some of the recent experiences our, our boys have had in the program. But MLS next is, is really the top level of boys soccer in the U S it, it replaced the U S soccer development Academy, which was owned and operated by U S soccer for 10 or 15 years or so that that was considered the top boys platform and when that league folded right around the the COVID-19 pandemic MLS Major League Soccer kind of stepped into the void and and really kind of regenerated the league as MLS next and it's completely run through MLS um, and has kind of the funding of of the top professional league in the U.S. but Cam you've obviously like what you just said you have a ton of coaching experience at all different levels of soccer here in the U.S. To you, how would you describe MLS Next to somebody who hasn't experienced it before? And what do you think sets it apart from some of the other leagues you've coached in, specifically on the boys' side? It's a great question because there's so many leagues uh, in both boys' and girls' soccer. There's just so many leagues and and offsprings of each other. And each platform is trying to promote that. They're the best. And I've been a part of a lot of them. And the depth in player quality is intense. Uh, you can, regardless who you play, you can play the 
the team in the bottom of your division and they have stellar players, stellar players, and the coaching is excellent. Uh, facilities are excellent. The professionalism top to bottom is is excellent. Through flex, league play, events, um, the level of refereeing, the just the standards all the way through. And that creates a great environment for player development. When each team and coach and club all moving in the same direction of trying to be excellent and you're constantly sharpening yourself against other groups that are trying to be excellent, it makes you push that extra, uh, those extra hours to try and help your players more and so that they can showcase themselves. So I think the the quality of the players and the teams and the coaching staff speaks for itself. Um, but really what that all creates is an environment that sharpens everybody else and makes everybody else better. And still, it's got a long way to go, but the depth and quality in a lot of those areas, facilities, coaches, players, uh, it, it's, it's pushing the needle for high-end soccer in, in our country, at least. And you mentioned the floor being so high, like even the the lowest level team or the, the team lowest in the standings is, is always going to be a tough one because MLS has pretty strict standards of what clubs get into the league. I know every club yeah. has to go through a kind of review and application process. And Midwest was, you know, lucky enough to, to be able to be part of that just because of the standards we have here at the club. But you're always going to be playing against some of the top youth clubs in the country and then you have the added element of of having to face the pro mls academies which for those who aren't as familiar with, with how that works each professional mls senior team that you see you know playing against leo messi inner miami for example columbus crew they all have um youth teams that are funded by the professional team that that are aiming to develop their future pros their next stars so Sometimes Midwest has to play against Columbus Crew Academy, and that's yep. the, really the equivalent of playing a team made up of the best players from all of the youth clubs around, kind of brought into one environment. So what is that like for you as as a coach and maybe for your teams, the players on the team, having that opportunity to kind of prove themselves against clubs that are funded by a professional league? Yeah, it's just such a cool opportunity. Uh, the facilities that those professional MLS pro clubs have are intense. The care that goes into all of them is exceptional. And it's really a, a great opportunity for them to showcase their, our players to showcase their game against what, you know, those clubs crew or St. Louis city or Chicago deem the best of the best. Um, they're, they go through, at least with Columbus, they go through a one, sometimes two-year-long uh, cycle of scouting, reviewing, and coaching players, bringing them in from all over the country. Like, Crew is not bringing kids in just from the Midwest. They signed kids from Florida and California last year for that U15 team. Uh, brought kids in from Minnesota from that U15 team. I suppose it's Midwest, but uh, you're putting your your players are going up against top-notch, excellent kids. And that's a cool opportunity for them. They 
get to sink or swim a bit and and go up against groups that are well beyond anything that they've played before. And I mean, Chicago last year, that you play Chicago Fire or Columbus Crew last year, FC Cincinnati, they have national team kids on those teams, kids that are already competing internationally. And, and uh, we try to make that, I suppose kids can put some pressure on themselves for that, that, those kind of, those types of games, but we try to take that off and say, Hey, it's just an opportunity for you. And it's unlike anything else you can possibly find in the country. Um, so it's cool. It's really cool from a coaching standpoint. For me, it's, it's another game. It's just another game for us to showcase our game and our principles and what we do, but sometimes the environment makes it special. You know, when you're in St. Louis City's multi-million dollar new brand spanking new complex, it's cool. It's a very cool experience. And we're lucky enough as a club to have a relationship with Crew Academy. Yep. We are a Columbus Crew youth affiliate. Um, we have a great relationship with them. Um, Coach Brian Rodriguez was up here a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, running sessions for our kids in it. And we do have, I think, five players in the crew system that yep. are Midwest alums that have had the opportunity to be selected to participate in that. Um, so what is it like to kind of see players that you had the opportunity to coach getting that chance at the next level to kind of show themselves? Yeah, it's a little unexplainable. Uh, to watch them play and watch them sport those colors and really chase uh, an opportunity that they maybe talked about for a year or hadn't, you know, small opportunities to, but then to get selected and, and compete. Now they're almost six months into their first season uh, at Columbus crew. We sent four boys from my, our 2019 last year and to see them do it is really cool. And to watch them kind of grow up before your eyes, I've, been in this game long enough that you watch kids go from eight-year-olds to 18-year-olds and move on into their kind of adulthood but these kids are doing it at a young age it's it's impressive they're all impressive players they're all impressive people good character guys and and high achieving athletes as well but it's it i'm proud of them and even if it's you know for however long that they can manage to to do it uh they should be proud of themselves for that that's definitely a big adjustment that a youth player has to make. So, Huge. The, I mean, the Midwest kids that do get selected for that program, they move to Columbus, or yep. I know we have a player at Minnesota United as well. Um, really, if you do get the opportunity to go to an MLS academy, you're going to be there full-time. You have to move away from your friends who you go to school with and play with and really almost go out on your own as yep. a 14-, 15-year-old yep. kid. I can't imagine doing that. That's got to be so tough. I The way I grew up, it wouldn't have happened it wouldn't have happened it wouldn't have been a possibility so these these guys have made a huge sacrifice and and again that's just only to be applauded in my in my opinion they're growing up way earlier than than most kids are asked to grow up and even if it's for how again for however long it is for them because we know the environment's really fluid guys go in and out of those environments uh easily i would say uh it's it's a proud moment for them i think and i would love to talk a little bit about the trip we just took down to phoenix for 
MLS Next Fest, which is one of the big showcase events that MLS Next puts on. Before we get into that, could you give like a general overview of what the calendar looks like for a player and a team in the program? Yeah, we start we start mid-August, probably start playing games in September, training through, they have a preseason in July, start in August start playing games in September that those would be our flex games we compete in two tables the flat MLS next flex and then our typical league um and flex is another way to qualify for playoffs yeah there are essentially two different tables that you can uh, qualify at the end for playoffs uh, but it all kind of tumbles down into December into our what I would say is our capstone fall event MLS next fest is you know the big the big hat on our fall season um but yeah training training from August through December and and then we find ourselves at fest which is a huge opportunity for our players to play and show their game in front of an intense amount of international professional college coaches all in one place competing against teams from around the country which is a completely different experience than our week-to-week games which are mostly midwest teams um but fest opens the door to everything the the entire country you could play in in those three games and then you guys have a little bit of a break, right, before kind of jumping back into the back half of the schedule? Yeah, nice break for the holidays, which is needed, I think, for everybody, because just because we're so ingrained in the environment for so long, it's nice to separate and have kids go be with their families, and we get to go be with our families. And then back in January for the winter-spring season, which is, again, a long season, um, finishing flex finishing the league schedule in May, hoping to qualify for MLS Flex, which hopefully gets us to June at MLS Cup. And a lot of youth leagues, um, in Michigan especially, if if you're at an age where you're playing like a full round before you, full year schedule before you get to high school soccer, that kind of breaks it up. Um, a lot of those leagues are a fall season that's completely separate from the spring season, but MLS Next is really one continuous yeah. season. So the table doesn't reset. So no. what you do in the fall kind of matters matters and oh. leads into what, what's going into spring. Yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard to start quick uh, because those flex games start right away. And flex is an additional recruiting opportunity for our oldest kids, but an opportunity for everyone to have an attempt to qualify for playoffs out of every team that's in your age bracket or age groups. There's only 32 teams that are qualifying for playoffs. And that that includes that those big MLS academies. Correct. So you're competing against, in our, in our Midwest environment, you're competing against Crew, FC Cincinnati, Minnesota United, St. Louis City, Chicago Fire, and... That's, I mean, that's just five of the 30 uh, MLS professional academies that you're competing against to make playoffs. And in terms of Midwest, uh, only, I think, eight to 10 teams make flex. And then you have to finish top of those groups when you go to Maryland to 
to make playoffs. So it's a bit complicated, uh, maybe not complicated, but you have to spend some time looking at the ways to qualify for playoffs to to really know what you're playing for. But And then to educate the kids on, hey, game one against Indy or Wolves, whoever we played first this year, these are flex games and these matter for the table to have an opportunity to qualify for playoffs. Um, it's it's awesome because every game seriously matters. You're really playing for something at all times, whether finishing high in flex or finishing high in the league um, to get an opportunity to qualify. But I think that's what makes MLS Next what it is, is that the games are meaningful, they matter. They're not just uh, a holdover to the next season. The, the f- game one in the fall matters, game... 30 or whatever in June matters. Right. So like like you said, you can't really have like a letdown or a slow start in fall and just say, hey, we get to reset at the winter break and start again. It's yeah. the, your whole season, almost like a, a professional season, like from day one, it's, yeah. it's, it's important. Definitely closely, more closely mimics a professional season start to finish than any other league in America, period, bar the top few professional leagues. Uh, in terms of youth soccer, there's nothing else like it. They're even some of the high-end girls' environments, they only go partial year. Um, so for us, it closely mimics the professional game. Again, USL, college, those other environments, they they don't mimic it. Short seasons, loads of games, where ours is training to game ratio is a little bit more uh, beneficial, but the games have high, high cost. Let's circle back around to Next Fest, which was the um, showcase that you guys just attended in Phoenix. I've been able to experience a lot of different league events during my time working in youth soccer. I was at the U.S. Soccer Development Academy back when, when they were operating these events. Um, I had the opportunity to go with a few Jags teams to USYS National Championships. We made some national finals with those teams, which were all great experiences. But I don't think anything that I've seen in my experience is stacked up to the way MLS does their events. Like there's there's something about it from like the level of professionalism, the branding of it all, just the whole vibe around around the events. I've never seen anything that matches up. I don't know if you have. No, nothing. I've been to... GA winter event in 2021 USL2 playoffs all the way to the semis in 2022 before I came here and that's a little different because one is youth and one is semi-pro or pro-am um, but the highest level pro-am and in terms of quality of player top to bottom the facilities top to bottom like even if you're finishing bottom of your table and you're going the facilities that are available to you at fest are excellent the level of coaching excellent the refereeing how good was the refereeing refereeing was really good excellent i mean there was like zero issues uh and to top it all off it is outstanding exposure the sidelines were packed with college coaches a free game i obviously we hit dead period after the first uh 
sorry, after the the last game for, sorry, this first game for the 08s, 09s, yep. after that stead period, so no D1s were there. But still, D2s or NAIs were on our sideline. <clears throat> pro pro exposure in national team exposure and loads of games. You met, a, I think, a, a Bundesliga scout as well was yeah. walking around looking him. Looking for German American players or players that might be able to make the move to like a German academy. Yeah, German international scout. He was a really nice guy, really nice guy. Um, and he was there every day, all day, all week. Uh, so when we say when I say international, pro and college, they were all there, all there. And so they, it's really the exposure, the college or the scouts at those levels coaches at those levels they're really looking for the best that america has to offer and the best players are typically not saying it's all inclusive but they're typically there there's so many good players to to look at and the exposure is excellent and i think the 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 whole culture around the events are really cool yeah with you know social media is obviously so popular um with the the age bands that are playing nowadays the our kids have pretty much grown up our players have grown up in yeah. social media. So I think one thing that I remember you saying to me at the event, it was cool when a couple of your players were like, oh, I want to go see XYZ player on New York Red Bulls play. Yeah. Like another U16 that just has been absolutely crushing it. Um, is it Julian Hall? Yeah, yeah. He he got famous, I think. I mean, I'm sure he's been a good player for a long time. I, I don't pretend to keep up with 15-year-olds yeah. for around the country. Yep. But on social media, kids just explode. You know, every all of our games are filmed, so if anything happens, anything outstanding happens, kids are going to see it. They're going to post it on social media, and so, and and Julian specifically scored goals against your, the European elite last year. So I think he's extra famous for that. Plus, he got a he might have debuted for the New York team. It's very possible. I know he debuted for the MLS next pro team. But I, he might have debuted for the full team. And as a 15-year-old, like that's just flat-out impressive. Which is just another cool thing about the league because, I mean, the, the pro academies are giving their kids the opportunity. You might you have a kid that appears in an MLS game as a reserve just to get a couple minutes, and then the next week they might be back at, at MLS Next Fest playing yeah. against Cam Baker and Midwest United. Yeah, like Those teams the, at, at the event, those teams keep to themselves, which is nice. Uh, we get to play different groups from around the country. Um, but yeah, I, like you said, the culture is cool because social media, I think brightens the stars from around the country and, and our guys want to go see them play and brush shoulders. And, you know, a lot of times you'll end up playing against those kids, uh, maybe not New York, but you'll play against the top kids from uh from the midwest for sure and to to show yourself against those groups we the own 2009s this year played tfa and tfa are i think they're like 15 and 0 top of they did lose a game at fest but 15 and 0 top of southern california like europe against la galaxy lafc all of southern california which is that's really the toughest region one of the toughest yeah, regions in youth soccer historically the top region ever in america um and they're coming out unbeaten yeah and we play them game one i know my guys are buzzing for that they're like yeah let's go let's let's see what we got 
frankly, we we had a good result. Good, we played a good game and had a good result. So, um, but I think the the social media just blows fest up because MLS wants social to be a big part of their league. Yep, they want to showcase all the top talent from the league, and I think our guys being who they are growing up in this day and age, they're all over it all over it and they want to rub shoulders with it they want to prove that they can they deserve a spot on the field next to those guys um and they want to see it they want to see you know the top guys for their age group and another awesome part about the mls next showcases is what they call the best of games so each event um i believe it starts at u15 the best of matches they players are nominated i believe by the coaching staff And MLS um, puts together a roster of East versus West of the best. I would probably like what twenty two. I yeah. think it's it's it looks like two elevens. We did see like some kids playing longer, maybe with injury or last minute uh, dropouts. And we we had a couple of Midwest players featuring in those. Um, so we had Rodrigo in the U fifteens, Brian for the U sixteens. Adam in the U17s, and then they do also an un- best of the uncommitted players, so kids that are some of the top talents that have yet to commit for college soccer. We had um, Cesar and Alex playing in that game. Um, what was it like to kind of see our kids being able to compete on that platform with some of the best in the country? Yeah. I, deserved. Deserved. I'm not saying that you know we're the best teams or anything like that. The table usually shakes out uh appropriately for that kind of conversation but we're proud of the work that the that our players are doing and not just those guys that got selected but all of our guys that are putting in really good work um but for those individuals Rodrigo, Brian, Adam for the best of matches, excellent fall seasons, um you know, consistent and responsible and brave to to show really good performance over the fall season and we're we're happy that MLS took the nomination and said yep these guys are having great seasons let's showcase them let's give them another opportunity to showcase themselves um and then for Alex and Cesar again two of our top performers for the U19s an opportunity for them to get seen by you know a a plethora of college coaches I think they listed it was something like 186 or something crazy in one yeah. game. And the, the the atmosphere at really all of the games was was really incredible. Yeah. Um, they The way they set up their best of and uncommitted games, it's usually on whatever they consider like the stadium kind of field at the yeah. complex, which they they wrap it with field boards, like all of like the Adidas and MLS branding is around the field. Um, the... I know the U16 game was under the lights, which yeah. was really cool that Brian got to experience that. And when we say the sidelines were packed at those, packed is not even the right word. They're like hard to get a, a spot to see the field. Yeah. I mean, you got to think there's 44 players, their entire team is there, their parents are there, coaches and scouts are there to watch them. I mean, you start adding that up, it's it's border a thousand people on around a a, a field. And, you know, when you talk about the the culture that MLS is really pushing and allowing, it's loud. I mean, they're sma- every kid is smashing the boards, cheering their kid on, their player on, their teammate on. And 
uh, you know, waiting for them to make a big play or waiting for them to score a goal or something, you know, and it's it, it's probably the most attended game they've ever played, I, I assume. Uh, but it's it's a really cool experience for them, really cool opportunity. But it, it, it got electric. Loud. It got electric. loud when it's, they scored some goals. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And and I'd say uh, every game had that. Every game. I know the the U seventeens was pretty tight. Um, penalties, I believe. I think it went nine eight. And yeah, penalties. but I think it ended one one. And then the U sixteens was easily the most back and forth game, the most open game. I mean, just chances galore. And Brian, the Brian um, got to play the first half of that one, and he was very impactful. Yep. He did a really, really good job, which was really cool to see. Yeah. Uh, and that one went to Penns as well. And, and the East team did win that one. I think East. the West took the other two, but yep. the East took that one. And, and then uh, the U15s was before the U16s yep. and probably the most tame of, of all the games. Well, the most tame. Still five goals in it, but but uh, I think the, the older two games, they went after it a bit more. They did, for sure. Um, really, I mean, the, the atmosphere around all of the games, whether it's a best of or yeah. just just a game that you're you're playing, and I know, uh, what was the game that we were watching, Colorado? Yeah, we were it's watching like, Colorado and um, I want to say it was Montreal Impact, yeah, maybe? Montreal, yeah. There was a game behind us oh that... Somebody scored two late goals. I think it was BW Gachi. Yeah. When we looked it up, um, and you'd 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 think it looked like they were playing for, like a national championship that oh. we all celebrated. But they're they're the the both of the other BW Gachi teams must have been on the sideline because there was there was fifty people in the corner celebrating with the team. But I think I think that is the cool thing about the culture that MLS Nexus kind of established is. I know when our U seventeens were playing their last game, um, Chase scored a penalty kick and he ran to the corner to celebrate. And there were probably twenty kids from a different club that just <laughs> happened to be walking by. They stopped because they saw a penalty getting taken, and they ran into the corner and celebrated like it was one of their teammates scoring a goal, which was really cool. So yeah, I think that's definitely an awesome part of like yeah. that that culture that they're putting together. Yeah, and also just a bit comedy. Like it's it's funny. It, it it's it's fun to be around the environment. It's fun to see the boys like get after it. It's fun to see them really show a deep passion for the sport and for their teammates and for their club. I'm we get the same we get the same kind of passion. You know, we felt that firsthand at the Jags at the Jags fixture. Obviously, we walk away with some some results, and Jags walks away with, with some results, which is normal because they do excellent work as well. But you know, Owen scores a last minute winner and there's, there's 40 people in the corner. I'm in the corner. Like it, it's, it's fun. It's fun to be a part of it. And if you, if you haven't seen that, we put a clip on, I believe it was on our Academy, Instagram and Facebook. If you, if you look up our page and scroll back, you'll find it. But Owen scored, I believe that was the late winner. Yeah. I was like 89th minute. 89th minute. I think you were down two to one or something, ended up winning three, two, something along those lines. And it was the, probably the Oh nines were in the corner. And warming up, and he scores that, and the place just went absolutely crazy. But if you haven't seen it, go look at our social pages because it's on there, and that was a great moment. Um, But jumping back back to Fest, our teams, I think only Michigan club to win the age group or win the group 
with all four teams at the event. So our teams had a really strong week. Yeah. What, were, what did you see from them this week? Yeah, win, wins are nice. Wins are nice, but really what we saw is good performances and good performances are driven by the players. Uh, the players went and we thought the boys really knocked it out of the park in terms of showing their game and showing what they do well and and that is going to draw interest from coaches at the next level and that's why we're there again it's 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 nice from a standpoint to look at uh, back at it and say okay we've we've topped the groups and won a bunch of games and and had a good time there but at the end of the day we want coaches at the next levels be that any level international professional college we want those coaches to look at our players and say yeah these guys do good work you know the the players do good work and we want them to be a part of our program at the next level and we had a lot of meaningful conversations with coaches and scouts at the next level that like what a lot of our guys are doing and so I think that's the biggest positive the biggest takeaway um, is that we got a really good reception from coaches at the next level that want to continue having conversations about our players. Um, and that's just, that's, that's what we're here for. And that's what I think makes us the happiest. And it really is all about giving the kids the opportunity to kind of showcase themselves. And I think every time I go to one of these events, at least personally, like my feeling, I walk away thinking like, this is like the place to be if your goals are to either be a college player be a professional one day like there's just no match like again the the culture of it the amount of coaches on the sidelines like it really is like the number one environment if you're looking to kind of make that next step yeah in in our country for sure yeah i mean you could you could have loads of conversations about you know what it looks like on a worldwide scale but in terms of our country yeah it is the top platform and you're you see it even beyond beyond the the boys games i mean we were just uh can't remember who i was just talking to but Alyssa thompson and her little sister just got signed by angel fc or angel city angel city yeah. sorry it's like those girls played in mls next they did and again hats off to them because that's a really they played for tfa as well like Strong. That's what I was thinking. Like a really strong Southern California. At least, at least you didn't have to play against those. No, they might have been another problem. No, but uh, it's it's beyond just the boys' game. Like the top players in the country are looking at MLS Next and seeing that not only does it provide the best uh, opportunity for them to graft their game, but it also provides the most opportunity to be seen outside of their bubble whatever their bubble is and uh i think that's only good for soccer in this country again not saying it's a finished product or anything like that but it's it's a definitely a step in the right direction from when i was when we were playing right. youth soccer it's it's a massive step in the right direction um and mls really has only been in charge of the development structure for about three years now three years. i think it was 2020 2021 season somewhere in there is when mls first kicked off is right around COVID. yeah COVID. it might have been the year before because i there might have been one season that midwest didn't have mls next i honestly i that's a that's a question for luke or lewis I, i'm not too privy on that but yeah it's give or take COVID year um 
and you're getting turnout like that, facilities like that, quality refereeing like that, coaching like that, you're, you're moving in the right direction as a country for developing higher end players. And we've, we've talked about the soccer side of it. That's really, I mean, that's the number one reason why we travel events like Fest is, is for the soccer exposure, the opportunity to play clubs from all over, like clubs that play different styles. But one thing I've noticed, especially whenever we ask a kid or when, whenever we have a Midwest player that commits to play college soccer, we always ask them, what's your favorite memory from when you were a Midwest player? A lot of the times it's traveling with my teammates. Yeah to events like this and I don't, we got to experience it as a staff as well but these trips are fun to be able to kind of for players to be able to hang out with their teammates and like make memories outside of the game as well I mean there's there's this whole conversation of what we're really doing here developing players or and really we're in the business of developing people and you know these events are an opportunity for people who really get along because they have shared interests to spend a lot of close time together. And so it's, I know it's a lot of fun for the kids. Uh, it's maybe like a vacation to them, get out of school for a bit, but they get to go do something that they like with people that they like and their family's there to support them. And whether that's there or virtually and uh but yeah as a staff as well it's 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 fun it's fun to see the season all come together for with some you know some meaningful games and some good exposure for the kids and it's you know we enjoy each other we've got i think good relationships on our staff and we enjoy being around each other and it's fun supporting everybody through the different teams and and yeah of course it's it's nice to do in a warm place and in a good environment with good food. So, and it's it's not quite a vacation for the coaching staff for sure. I know you guys are always not hard at work, quite. long days. I know we were kicking off like nine a.m. for the first game, and then we'd we'd have like a late kickoff. I think yeah. one was nine p.m. kickoff, so we didn't finish until eleven thirty Mountain Time or something like that. But we did. I mean, we do get the opportunity to kind of hang out as coaches and kind of get closer as a staff off the field. Um, if any of you know Coach Leo. We had the awesome opportunity to have Coach Leo's carne asada um, during one of the off nights. He uh, bought some meat and grilled it up and had some fresh ingredients. I know Cam is, if you don't know Coach Cam, he's a bit of a foodie. He's uh, He's got some lists of the best uh, places he's eaten at during his travels as a coach. But how does how does Leo's tacos rank on your, your power rankings of, of food options? I, I said this in Phoenix. Coach Leo's tacos are the best tacos on the planet like best tacos I've had ever. And that's that's a lot of tacos. I, I've had a lot of them. And that was exceptional. And maybe, hey, you, know, you could say, oh, because we were in Arizona, like being, you know, at Fest and, and no, like they were, they were top notch. He's a, he's a humble guy, so he'll never admit it. He's a little too humble. He needs to take ownership of that. Like he's got world-class tacos in his back pocket he's he's probably he's probably gonna hate us because we've been i think we've been preaching the the gospel of of leo's tacos oh, since we've yeah. been back from the event he's gonna get us like where he's gonna get a lot of requests to cook but we i mean we got to compare him too because we went to he took us to a mexican grocery store uh, el rancho 
El Rancho to get to get the ingredients, so everything was fresh, and we we got tacos there as well, which were incredible. But I don't think they quite stacked up to Leo's. No, and and they were Al Pastor, which I'm a little bit more partial to, and his were carne asada, Leo's were carne asada. So uh, he's already dug himself a little hole. Not, I mean, who doesn't like carne asada? But I particularly like Al Pastor, and his blew them out of the water. So I, I was a happy guy. I was a happy guy after after Leo's tacos. But again, those are those are the kind of experiences that, and it's that's not just MLS Next events is not the only place that you can have experiences <laughs> in the staff. Yeah. Um, Coach Leo's tacos aren't exclusive to MLS Next. Yeah, there's great food other places as well. But for from the staff perspective, these events are cool because you do get to experience things like that. Like we had Coach Leo was on the grill at like 11:30 Mountain Time after our last kickoff, and it was it was a late night carne asada experience. But again, it was something that we've been talking about for the the week that we've been back. And I, honestly, it's like it's all I can talk about. It's all I can talk about. I'm just kidding. We had we had we had a good week. Some good football was played. Lots of good conversations about our players, good food. Like it's good company. It's it's a top to bottom, it's it's an enjoyable experience. So now you guys have a little bit of a break, like we mentioned before, we start up with, with spring season prep. What is there to look forward to in the MLS next program as we as we move forward here in the year? Yeah. The break is is a is something to look forward to. We spend a lot of time together. It's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of sacrifice for the players and the families. So it's nice to give them an opportunity to disconnect and go be kids and people and enjoy um, almost a month off. Uh, fortunately, when we come back, it's like right back at it. We've got uh, a Wixom event for more exposure for our kids. Uh, we've got trips to IMG, which is more expo in February, which is more exposure for our kids. Flex for some of our groups starts as early as February, maybe early March. Uh, and you're competing to go to Maryland. And that's really the key goal for all of our 15 and above teams is get to Maryland and you give yourself a chance to go to playoffs. Because anything can happen in three games, you know. You get you get to Maryland, and and you can you can make a run and make it there. Um, but you give yourself the chance by performing consistently and well throughout the season, flex and and league. So, and I think we get to play Columbus Crew Academy as well, almost immediately when we trip come back trip down to Columbus, I believe. Yeah, down to Cincinnati and Columbus. We so we'll, both of them on the same weekend. We'll get to see a few Midwest faces. Yeah, you'll have to well. you'll have to deal with uh Hans and Nolan and the boys on the opposite sideline. But yeah, that's a it's a good problem. It's a good problem. We I, I we told them last year. Told them last year when they had all signed and said we had good sit down meetings like what's what's gonna be the biggest uh what's gonna be the biggest problem I said us we're going to give you a problem we'll see if we do but it'll be fun to play some friendly faces well cam we really appreciate your time we're definitely going to have to get you back on the show we might need like a 
a travel food guide a every time. A travel food guide. Every I've, time got a, you... I've got a long list in my Yelp. Every time, every time the MLS Next group goes to uh, a tournament, we're going to have to get Cam on to give us his uh, review of the food and the cuisine in the area that they visited. But again, this has been the West Michigan Soccer Show. I'm John Kopko with Cam Baker. If you enjoyed the show, please give it a like, a follow, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you next time.